passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And so... When the referee was down, you didn't allow Daniel Bryan to give up on his dreams. Daniel Bryan's dreams took over. Daniel Bryan's dreams did what they were programmed to do inside of that hyperbaric chamber. And Daniel Bryan's dreams kicked AJ Styles in the balls. As if they don't have too much on their plates The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade They talk about the things they did that day They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H Rewind to Smackdown Rewind to Smackdown Rewind to Smackdown Rewind to Smackdown Hello everybody and welcome to Rewind to Smackdown I'm John Pollock here alongside Wei Ting What a night we have in store to go through SmackDown, we're going to go through some news, and then on the double shot, we have a lot to tackle tonight. Are you ready, Way? I'm more than ready. Let's do it. More than ready? Oh, I'm just ready then, I guess. I don't know how you could be more than ready, but... Yeah, it would be... Uh, it would just be uh, beyond the comprehension. Maybe it's something that if you were exposed to a hyperbaric chamber for a prolonged period of time, you could be more than ready. Seems a state of meditation. Yeah, seems to be a good bullshit excuse for something. Have you ever used a hyperbaric chamber? I don't even know what that is. What is that? Uh, it's my limited knowledge of a hyperbaric chamber is pretty much limited to Joe Rogan's explanations of using. I believe he owns one. I don't know if is that what that is, or is that just a, de- a sensory deprivation tank? I would imagine they're all similar. You're right. They might have a certain difference to them. So I I guess I really don't know. I've never used one. I would think it would be something that that you would would definitely uh, enjoy. Me? Yeah, I think you would be into something like that. So I'm looking at photos. Um, I believe sensory deprivation tanks are actual like tanks of salt water, whereas Mm -hmm. this is just a tank or it looks like like a glass coffin, essentially. Oh, okay. I'm sure they're very pricey. I don't even know. I'm sure you can. You can. Uh, I'm sure they've got them in Toronto that you could go to a go to a place. Yeah, maybe, maybe try them out. Do some research. Sure. Get back to us. The new way ting. See if you come out as a heel. <laughs> yeah, well, it's delayed way. It takes takes about a year or so to kick in. So, how's your day? How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing good. Yeah, it's good. yourself. Um. So it's going okay. I think bike season is wrapping up. It's getting very cold outside. There is the presence of snow and ice that's starting to form. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of those that I'm going to ride my bike year round. So I think we're getting down to the home stretch of me retiring my bike for the year. I think that's a good call. We don't want you uh, risking injury. Oh, that'd be the worst. Yeah. Whenever there's now like uh, like toys on the steps, I'm preparing that I'm going to spill on my steps. Like they're very steep steps and I've had a few close calls and I feel that will be my downfall. I'm going to spill on these steps and I'm going to break something. So it's just a matter of when I'm going to try and be very careful, but I just, it's a, uh, it's like my final destination. It's you or me. One of us will. Uh, That's true. You're over here a lot. So one Max, of us is, one of us is going down. <laughs> Max is de- develop, developing quite the arm. He can throw. Yeah. He can throw, and he can also, like, we've put up larger uh, barriers, and he can just get up, and he's got an overhand, so he can clear a significant height now as well, and just throw his toys 
uh, I'm pretty amazed. How far away do you think he is from figuring out how to open those latches? Oh, I hope a long time. We've got the baby gates. I, it's my biggest fear is him trying to open that. He can open the front door. That's wow. already concerning. So we we got to change the 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 handle on the door. We have to change all of that stuff. So well, I could there. I could barely figure out how to open those baby gates. So uh, maybe yeah. he's got a few years. Yeah, they're they're very difficult at first to to figure out. I just actually hop over them sometimes. Mm. Well. Uh, that's that's the update, everybody, uh, of my life. Let us get into some news that is going on. Um, way, as we're drawing a bit nearer, is WrestleMania week starting to uh, even enter your brain of what that week is going to be like? Because it's starting as I'm seeing all the announcement of shows that this is going to be insanity that week. For me personally, yes. Um, you know, because uh, for us, it's a significant week as far as, you know, our coverage. So I, I feel like we have to make plans. We've actually already booked our flight and hotel. So um, I am already thinking about it and trying to be up to date with, like, you know, all the shows that are going out there, getting making sure that we get tickets. Because um, we got to go to all the shows that we wanted to go to last year. But, I mean, I, I can see demand being that much bigger for, for New York this year. Yes, and I... I understand there's still more to come for WrestleMania week. So there is there is a lot that is going to be going on in the city that week. So anyway, that's just a, a overall general question. We're not that far away. It's it's November. It's it's not uh, too far away. And it's just the schedule is piling up. Yeah. The Thursday night is insane. The Friday night is insane. I think the Saturday night is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. And that's WrestleMania. WrestleMania is like the quietest day on the Sunday. It usually is like a nice break for us, actually. Like for for the other shows, we have to travel a lot uh, throughout the you know throughout the city to catch all the different in- independent events, and then Sunday almost feels like it's kind of relaxing, just sitting in one spot for like eight hours. Yeah, my head is just spinning for all those days. But Sunday is you know usually we've done like our show on the Sunday, and then we just go to the stadium and. We're there for 85 hours for as ever, however long the show lasts, and that's kind of the most relaxing show to actually cover is the longest one where it's primarily one show mm-hmm. on the WrestleMania day. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, we have many months to uh, talk about that. Let us uh, go through. Not Nothing much new to report on the Braun Strowman front other than what we stated on Monday about the, the pending elbow surgery, but... Um, yeah, apparently uh, Dolph Ziggler is dealing with some kind of a foot injury as well. So uh, it doesn't sound like it is too serious of an injury. So it doesn't look like that. Uh, hopefully, is not going to be anything too significant for him. Uh, what else do we have here? Man, I know this might uh, open up the floodgates here. Did you happen to read this statement from Donald Trump on Tuesday? I did not. Oh, my goodness. Please. So... The CIA last Friday, they came out with their findings that they were very um, confident that the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, had ordered this assassination of Jamal Khashoggi. And it's been a few days, and then Donald Trump issued this lengthy statement today. And I'm going to try and uh, just summarize this here. That he stated, after my heavily negotiated trip to Saudi Arabia last year, the kingdom agreed to spend and invest $450 billion in the U.S., a figure that's been heavily, heavily disputed. And he goes on to outline this this deal that they've made uh, with Saudi Arabia. And then he adds, the crime against Jamal Khashoggi was a terrible one and one that our country does not condone. Indeed, we have taken strong action against those already known to have participated uh, we have already sanctioned 17 Saudis. No one to have been involved in the murder. Uh, let me go on. I, there was... Okay, so here. Our intelligence agencies continue to assess all information, but it could very well be that the Crown Prince had knowledge of this tragic event. Maybe he did, and maybe he didn't. That being said, we may never know all of the facts surrounding the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. In any case, our relationship with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia... Uh, they have been a great ally in our very important fight against Iran. And as you can imagine, this has drawn so much outrage uh, from people. The decision to 
pretty much ignore the CIA's findings in all of this and just give a pretty strong opinion that, hey, it's advantageous for us to be in business with them. And, you know, this this may or may not be uh, responsible. Uh, the crown prince may not be responsible for this. He might be. But we're just going to move on from this. But anyway, that's uh, I think for a lot of people, it's it's disappointing when you see your president just take such a tact like this. And that seems to be the overall response from just about everywhere I've seen. And I think it also, you know, trickles down to uh, companies with associations with, you know, the government of Saudi Arabia to continue their, those relationships. If, the gov- if the, our government and the president's cool with it, then why shouldn't we be? I think I think that that is going to be if the, the next time the WWE is pressed, it's they just look straight at the the top of the U.S. government that this is their standing and we're going to follow suit as well. Um but it just seems like there is a lot of disappointment that it's been made pretty clear what this is and it, it doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. that's it. It's like the, the evidence is just mounting by the week and it just continues and continues and continues. Um, but anyway, that was uh that was just a pretty big uh, world news story uh, coming out on Tuesday. Uh, some other quick news items we have here. Um, what did I, Oh, have you seen this news that they are, there's a, Owen Hart documentary that is being produced. I did not know that. Wow. Okay. There is a production company out of England that has started a documentary on Owen Hart. And the important thing for this documentary is that Martha Hart and the Hart family are all on board with this. They have conducted interviews with Natalia, with Bret Hart, and they have access to all of Martha's home videos, photos. So the fact that Martha is endorsing this documentary means that it's going to be I would imagine pretty thorough in that you would assume that Martha and possibly Owen's children will be interviewed on this as well. And yeah, I'm very curious to see how this uh, comes off. The filmmaker is off to Japan now to try and locate people that have spoken to Owen Hart. They have an interview with McFoley scheduled. So I imagine this is going to be a pretty, uh, it seems like they have a bit of a budget for this. The fact that they can just uh, fly off to Japan for research on this. I think that sounds great, and from the sounds of it, it, it seems like, you know, I, I don't imagine it to have all that much WWE footage, if at all, uh, and I think in some ways that's almost a positive, because I feel like there's so much more about uh, the band that we don't know outside of his WWF career, so I'm, I'm curious. There may be a request on Martha's side not to have WWE sure. footage in it. That right. could be part right. of it. I, I think it is lacking not to have that. You're... I mean, that was so such a big part of his identity. It's not mm-hmm. everything, but it is a large part of it. That no, that would be an photos. interesting question. If, if if this documentary came, to, if they came to the WWE, uh, that's a pretty uh, that's some negative PR if they just turn them down flat or give them some outrageous fee. Um, but if but if but, you're Martha, you know, after all the struggles and, and battles that you've been through with them, would you even go through that request? Well, yeah. I mean, they had the lawsuit that when they put out that documentary the wwe did that um there ended up being a a big issue over that and martha wanted to have control of that footage which she did not so it's uh, i i don't get the sense martha wants to have any kind of working agreement with the wwe even uh with this film production company as the middleman i don't think she wants to have any involvement with that at all I'm curious to hear some of the uh, interviews with with Owen's children who, you know, uh, are probably, I don't know if they would have done any interviews since at all in their lives. So that sounds fascinating. And uh, even like some of the stuff with him in Japan, maybe, uh, you know, hearing Brett talk about it again, uh, hearing Natalia, who I see is, is has also been interviewed talking about it as well. Yeah. Did you ever see the documentary that they took the, Mm-hmm. They took a lot of the footage from Wrestling with Shadows, and then they did shoot some new things, but it was largely just extra stuff from Wrestling with Shadows that Paul Jay put out right after his death, and that was some of the, the life most, and death, uh, the life and death yes. of Owen Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe I did back then, but it's it it had been well because that was released not long after he died. Yeah, I think they they only did a few new interviews about his passing, and it was largely. Because Owen, I think so much of the stuff they interviewed for Wrestling with Shadows wasn't used, so they were able to kind of repurpose it 
uh, for that documentary. And that was probably the most thorough documentary that was out there on Owen. It's probably like the only one. And that was released in, I think, late 1999. They got that out very, very quickly. Uh, what else do we have here? I guess that's, uh, that's about it. There wasn't uh, too much uh, going on today in the in the grand scheme of things. Are you... Uh, did we did we get a clear cut answer with you way about uh, Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell? Are you getting ready for this Saturday? I think this is going to be a, a spectacle. Yeah, it'll certainly be a spectacle. Uh, but it's it's not one of those shows that I'll be you know inviting my friends over to watch. I think it's it's a show that I'll I might check out highlights of on on the internet the next day. Uh, before we get into SmackDown, do you want to give a quick preview of what we're going to be discussing on the Double Shot? What are you going to be chatting about? Uh, this week, I mean, I actually, I think we have so much to cover on the double shot this week that uh, it'll probably be a little bit disorganized, maybe a little bit chaotic. But you know, there's a lot going on outside of wrestling. Uh, the the w- bodies of the WWE's uh, main roster programming, I guess I would say. So we'll be talking about uh, AJ Styles 365, uh, Dean Ambrose, the Chronicle special that they conducted, uh, as well. The latest edition of, of being the elite, I think, you know, we will briefly mention. I also caught a few um, uh, YouTube, um, you know, various specials from uh, members of the WWE roster that maybe some people know that are out there. Maybe people don't, but we'll, we'll make some brief mention of all that. Cool. A very packed edition of the double shot. So if you want to uh, sign up, you can catch that show as it well. Be... Yes. Joey Janela's LA Confidential. Yes. A show I watched on Friday. We'll talk about that show. And of course, the yeah. main event involving Nick Gage and David Arquette, which is becoming the most uh, talked-about match of the year. Also featuring an appearance from somebody on SmackDown tonight. Dane... um, Dane Bryant. Bryant. That's right. Yes. Actually, there was a cameo of a female wrestler on Raw who was on that show as well. Delilah Doom. And they're actually teammates. Right, yes. So, lots of... uh, uh, game changer wrestling involvement on WWE programming this week, but that takes us into SmackDown at the Staples Center once again to close out the the weekend. And it started with a big recap of Charlotte's attack on Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte was there to start to start the show, and she stated that she put the baddest beating on the so-called baddest woman on the planet, and I'm damn proud of it. And she asks if Ronda is walking a bit slower today. Clearly, Charlotte, not a Raw viewer, and says that Ronda is not going to get an apology. That drew some cheers, and she enjoyed beating her ass. And she did it for the women in the SmackDown locker room, and she did it for the champ, which led to a big Becky Lynch chant. She said she wanted Becky to give her a beating. Uh, Becky wanted her to give her a beating, and thus, mission accomplished. Ronda bowed down to the queen. This led to Paige coming out, And Paige said, we enjoyed the beating you gave Ronda Rousey. And Paige brings up Ronda's plan to finish her after TLC. And Charlotte says how no one can stop her. But the only thing Paige had a problem with was that Charlotte took out five referees. Charlotte explained, they got in my way. And Paige announced that, Charlotte, you have been fined $100,000. And then the Iconics came out, calling Charlotte a blonde Barbie doll going psychotic. And they know that they're Paige's favorites, and somehow they want to be able to receive Charlotte's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give us the hundred. That, Jeez. Yeah, um, it's like Charlotte missed weight, and she had to give up a part of her purse. Yeah, I'm not sure that if, if that's how fines work. If another yeah, member of the roster just could get just to, ask. Uh, distribute them to the locker room. Hmm. Uh, but Charlotte just asked, which one of you wants to be the next Ronda Rousey? And that would set up the match. But how did you feel Charlotte came across in this opening segment? I think it was really interesting to see how they would position her. Uh, it's a it's a very strange situation, I would say, right now. But they ran with, I think, uh, what uh, they felt made her, uh, you know, a babyface on Sunday. And they ran with it. They had her continue to play heel and, and, you know, showcase the attitude of somebody who traditionally would be seen as a heel. But someone also using that to garner a babyface reaction, which she continued to do here. Same thing that, exactly the same thing that happened with Becky, except this time it felt a lot more deliberate. Yeah, I thought that Charlotte, I don't know, there was something about her delivery that it just felt like a little off for me. 
that she was, I don't know, she was like adjusting her delivery throughout this this promo, and it just seemed like a little bit awkward to me at, at times, as a, almost as though they were trying to present her as kind of like the understudy to Becky. Like she was playing Becky on this show, like the big conquering babyface hero that, I don't know, I wouldn't say it was bad. It was just different. Yeah, different, but also um, not different. Like, because, again, it feels very much like they're sticking to the Becky Lynch pattern. This worked for Becky. It made her a superstar. Her turning heel, uh, you know, made her a babyface to a level that we didn't expect. So it feels like they're trying the same thing with Charlotte. It almost feels almost too deliberate. So uh, yeah, that that's a good way of putting it. Where I I don't feel Charlotte is not Becky. To no, these people. and I think like it already, you know, by by this uh, episode of SmackDown, I feel like the crowd is already on to you know the manipulation, and they see that the company is you know just trying to replicate the Becky formula with Charlotte, and it already just kind of feels a little disingenuous. Um, Obviously, you know, the, the, at this point, I think they're just, it seems like they're happy with any reaction, right? And they'll just kind of book accordingly, depending on how the crowd turns the, who, who the crowd reacts to in the storyline. So this could, you know, c- coming off a of Sunday, I would have said, wow, Charlotte's a total babyface now. But if she continues doing the Becky gimmick with Becky not being on TV, I think it'll continue to breed, um, you know, that resentment against Charlotte. Yeah. We came back from break. I agree with you. And we had Charlotte and Billy Kay and Royce was pulling her by the hair behind the referee's back, just screaming maniacally. And then Charlotte came back, fall away slam and natural selection to pin Billy Kay. Three minutes, 14 seconds. Not really anything special to the match. And then Charlotte got onto the microphone, challenging Peyton Royce, who did not seem all that interested, but reluctantly climbed into the ring and the second match began after the bell, after the commercial. Spin kick is caught by Charlotte. She lands a big boot, lifts her up, and then Kay attacks her for the DQ in a minute 48. And the crowd started chanting for Becky. And the Iconics go to grab a chair. And I was just thinking, the last thing I want is Becky to come out and save Charlotte. I just did not want to see that. And thankfully, that did not happen. Charlotte made her own comeback. Double spear on the floor to both women just tossed them into the barricade over the announcer's desk. And Charlotte just stood tall here, killing these two. What what do you think would have happened had Becky come out for the save? I mean, she would have gotten a big pop, but I don't think this audience wants to see her coming to Charlotte's aid and like the two being buddies. Do you think it's just not um, like they haven't done enough work? To kind of convince the audience that these two are suddenly friends, or what? What I think is they it? They really like Becky being her own woman who doesn't have any allies. She is fighting against everyone else. Like she's their Austin, and I don't think mm-hmm. they want to see her uh, chummy with Charlotte. I think they like to see. I I think they prefer seeing these two at odds than they do together. I think the hug was definitely evidence towards that last week, and uh. I think to just I think you want to keep that feud something that you can go back to down the road. It doesn't have to be uh, focused on now. But I think ultimately, if those two are going to be involved together, the audience wants to be behind Becky. And I don't think they want to see them together. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, I think, seeing this this mix here. Uh, I also found it interesting, you know, uh, I, I think obviously we weren't the only ones to pick up on the similarities between Charlotte's new gimmick and Becky's. Becky herself in her Twitter bio, has updated to say, wondering how long until Charlotte dyes her hair orange and calls herself the Woo Man. (laughs) So, you know, it could just be Becky, uh, you know, improvising on her own because she really has been fantastic on Twitter. She's, like, at this point, a must-follow for any wrestling fan. Um, Or it could be uh, intentional. This, you know, it could be to to further this, this rivalry between Becky and Charlotte. I really don't know. Uh, so much of this, I feel, what's going on right now is stuff that's not really planned and stuff that might be planned. So, you know, I guess we could just uh, try to enjoy it. Is there a WWE performer that has better utilized Twitter to get themselves over than Becky? Because that is that is not a small part of this 
whole phenomenon she's enjoying at the moment. It's been, it's like every day she's got something. I think we can open it up to social media in general. You know, yeah. I mean, I guess you know if we it's like just, her and Derek Lewis to me are uh, the two that have really yeah. uh, just gotten themselves over. Through yeah. It. No, Becky certainly right now. I, I if you remember like earlier in the year, she was making these great Instagram stories. Uh, as a total babyface, they were very clever. They were pun uh, riddled and a lot of fun. But we've we're seeing that same level of creativity now in Twitter, which I think you know seems to have a it, it works better for a heel, you know. And, and she's come up with like incredibly clever things to say. She's going at everybody uh, and and doing it in a very entertaining way. She went up. Uh, she went off on Jericho for for his album, claiming that his album was the actual thing that gave her the concussion. She just gives gives no Fs during this whole run. Yeah, great. Going after everybody. She's awesome. So then after that, we had this super close-up of Rey Mysterio's eyes. And he said that these eyes have seen a lot, both good and bad, superstars of the past and present, but nothing like Randy Orton. They go back over a decade, and he's never seen Orton so sadistic. And he knows what he wants to do to him. And he isn't back to just be one of Orton's victims. I, too, am at the top of my game. Just watch and see. And they promoted that tonight on SmackDown, Orton and Mysterio, for the first time on SmackDown in 12 years. That's that's a hell of a way to plug a match that took place three weeks ago. Oh, uh, Where did it take place at the oh, Crown Jewel? Where did it take place? The Crown Jewel event. Okay, it did take place at Crown Jewel. Yeah, for the first time on SmackDown in three, twelve years. Sure, twelve whatever. years. Yes, it's happened on Raw. It's happened on pay per views, but not okay. on SmackDown. Okay, uh, you know the close up in the eyes. I mean, I thought I thought it was kind of cool, but it was so close on the eyes that you could totally see the the eyes just track the teleprompter as he was reading this promo. Um, and I feel like the teleprompter thing, I don't know how long they've been using it, but, you know, we had all suspected and we were basically confirmed that they, they are using this this type of stuff now uh, in the Dean Ambrose Chronicle when you see them, you know, cutting promos off of, off the prompter. And I would say, you know, for Ray's part, he actually didn't sound all that different from his typical self. Um, he certainly sounded better than Kurt in that one teleprompter <laughs> promo. But He's never going to live down that promo. No, that was just awful. The worst of his career. Yeah. I mean, poor guy had a, had so much script to go through and probably, yeah, it was just not good. But um, yeah, yeah, this this told, totally, I mean, you could see the dude reading. They recap Brian's turn. And then Miz TV. This was an odd segment. Miz is in the ring. They're chanting, Miz is awesome. And he said it was an honor to fight alongside Shane McMahon. He brings out Shane. Shane is unable to do the shuffle, and Miz is encouraging him to try. We have the World Cup trophy out there on display, and Miz tells him that, as the kids would say, he's a Shane stan. And he says that we flew coast to coast twice, and he just keeps saying we, we, and Shane recaps all the stuff that he did in the Survivor Series match. So Miz then proposes to him that they become a tag team co-besties, and the best team in the world. Shane really has no interest in this. But Miz says, if you're a real man, a real McMahon, you'll team with me. And before we get into this match, they had put out a preview on the website on Tuesday. And this segment was going to be Miz TV with Shane addressing the state of SmackDown coming off their one-sided beatdown at the Survivor Series. There was no state of anything during no. this segment. They ignored everything from Sunday. The only addressing you heard of of the SmackDown's sweep sweeping loss was in the New Day, New Day segments where they were just kind of poking fun at the at the fact that their tag team win was ignored completely. But yeah, Shane had also tweeted out after Survivor Series that changes were going to come on Tuesday, and those changes never came. So something tells me uh, maybe something was changed in between Sunday and today. I thought this was almost just as bad as the 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 handling of Ronda Rousey after that beatdown. It was like Survivor Series, we heard you guys talk about how important this was and none of, none of it happened. So, mm, yeah. What what was the big deal? What did you guys lose? Mhm. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. It was just like this event. We're like, whatever. Yeah, we got swept, but it doesn't matter. We're just moving on. So Miz brought out their opponents, Wayne and Dane, the Bryants, Eli Everfly and Kaita Murray, a California-based wrestler as well, who was, I believe, did a um, squash match with Lars Sullivan prior to TakeOver, which I imagine is going to air on NXT tomorrow night. So it looks like this guy is going to be all over WWE programming. Wow. A lot of action in uh, that area. Yeah. Busy weekend. Mm -hmm. So the Miz and Shane took on the Bryants, and Shane just lets Miz do all the work. Miz goes to the corner, then turns back, and Eli Everfly wins with an inside cradle in a minute 14, stunning the Miz. Yeah, Eli Everfly pins the Miz. Has a win on his record against Shane McMahon and the Miz. That's that's quite incredible. Um, Miz, I feel like, has been actually really entertaining thus far, uh, you know, over the past month in this very much more babyface comedic role, I would say. Uh, he's actually been, like, I think he's been great. Shane, I'm still very unsure about what what the end game is with his particular story. You know, coming off of the best in the world to being the sole survivor on SmackDown, I've yet to kind of, like, see, you know, him. I've yet to see how all the pieces come together. But uh, I, I am interested. Well, wasn't teasing anything heelish on this show. No, not at all. So I wonder if they just had no direction of where they were going this was a very strange handling of the post survivor series and when the segment had already been announced that they did nothing mm-hmm. it's just very strange so do you think uh miz has to get his win back over eli Everfly? oh yeah eli's got to come back doesn't he he would have to i would think maybe maybe not they plugged starcade which is taking place on saturday and then would turn around on sunday night and then we saw the New Day dressed as pilgrims in the back with the gobbledygooker who was reve- uh, revealed as R-Truth. And that got us into our big Thanksgiving segment. The New Day are in the ring with a giant Thanksgiving layout of food. They started chanting, Tur, key day. And Woods was wearing his pilgrim outfit with a six and one on the front of it to go over the match results from the Survivor Series and was constantly bringing it up, as was Corey Graves. Kofi then said, I'm thankful for our tag team victory on Sunday. And they were the one in 6-1, and one, but their win didn't count. Woods is thankful for his two-terabyte hard drive so he doesn't have to delete Spider-Man in order to download Red Dead 2. You played either of those games? Oh, no, I, I have not. Not at all. I, I I assumed he meant the movie Spider-Man. I didn't even think about the game. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played? No. Either? No, but I've watched like videos of the Spider-Man game. It, it just looks amazing. Oh, okay. Biggie is thankful for the succulent breasts on the turkey. And then he started licking the turkey. Mm. The bar came out. That, you, I mean, on the scale of, I think, like disturbing imagery... Uh, in this week's WWE television, that doesn't even come close. Oh, no, this was tame. The New Day, uh, they had a promo here with the bar and Big Show. New Day says, at least we won our Survivor Series match. Sheamus then says, how can anyone prepare for spontaneous urination? And the place just went nuts. The whole arena was just laughing. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. It's awesome. Great line. We want Drake. We want Drake. Whole place erupted. <laughs> you know what the best part of this was? During the break, uh, we had Scott Stanford doing his usual live events segment. Mm-hmm. And he's like plugging, like he's just throwing a video. And then all of a sudden, it just comes out of nowhere. You've got the, the production music that's just always playing in the background. He said, but one second. Time for a dance break. And he just starts dancing. I thought this guy's the best. Oh, my God. It was really funny. I, I think Scott Stanford is very underrated. Oh, my. Well, at least he has one fan. Were you also a fan of the Sportsnet commentators uh, doing, like, making very forced mentions of professional wrestling in their sports updates? I never pay attention to the sports oh. updates. What were they Man, it was just one guy like going and coming back from from commercial. He was just like, um, like had to make reference to like uh, 
Eric Bischoff, uh, like he was talking about some like a uh, baseball player going into retirement. So he's like, you know, such a tough uh, baseball player, a shoe in for a candidate for the WWE Hall of Fame. Oops, I mean the MLB Hall of Fame. It was just like very, very lame jokes like that. Boy, do you remember when Jim Van Horn used to do those when Raw was on TSN? He'd always just have some snide remark for the update and then throw back to the wrestling. Yeah, like it was very much beneath him. Yeah, even though it turns out, I think he was actually a fan and just kind of did it for his own enjoyment. But they were always these dry lines that I always found to be really entertaining, but I'm sure wrestling fans hated them. The Big Show and The Bar against New Day in the Thanksgiving feast fight. Uh, Kofi started acting like a turkey before delivering the boom drop to Sheamus. Uh, Big E came in, tried to send Big Show off the apron, and then succeeded, knocking him through the table full of food. Sheamus grabbed a turkey, missed Kofi with it. Woods then grabbed the turkey, threw it to Kofi, who came off the top and nailed Sheamus in the head with it, putting him through another table full of food. Big E placed his hand up the turkey winds up and nails Seamus in the head, and the New Day wins. Then they took turns spilling all the food onto Cesaro, and it all built up to Cesaro taking a back bump with all the food on top of him in the ring, and then Big E and Woods slipped on the floor as they were trying to leave. Happy Thanksgiving from what the a, WWE. What a waste of food. Like four, I know, this was that looked like a very nice turkey. Four turkeys. It was not just one. Anyway, um... Where were the Usos on this show? Oh, they're, they've gone back to the penitentiary. They come out for the Survivor Series. They're back in the boiler room, I guess. Yeah, the captains that led their team to victory. Uh, they're back mm-hmm. back in hiding. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a food fight. Crowd pops for all the food spots. It was stupid. And uh, I think if you liked this type of stupid, then you would have enjoyed this. But it's also the tag team champions. And after seeing this, I don't really know, know exactly why. Seamus and Cesaro are champions. I didn't even think twice about them being... I didn't even think of them as the champions during this match. Yeah. No, they lost. right. And they lost on Sunday, too. Mm Mm-hmm. What crappy champions these guys are. Randy Orton has a Rey Mysterio mask in the back. He doesn't... The mask doesn't represent anything to him. It's just polyester. And it deserves to be destroyed, just like the man who wears it. And he says that the people will be full of disgust, horror, and disappointment after he's done with Ray tonight. All you fans of Ray Mysterio when he was 19 years old on the When Worlds Collide pay-per-view, you're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> Good plug. Friday, rewind away. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, who were not part of that show, took on Asuka and Naomi. Rose and Deville uh, get sent to the floor to set up the commercial. Asuka hit a release German and a shining wizard for a toucan on Mandy. And the idea was, could Rose and Deville get along? And Rose nearly hits Deville with a flying knee, but stops short. And that, that leads to Asuka missing Rose, but taking out Deville with a high kick. Rose takes is taken out with the rear view. And Asuka applies the Asuka lock, tapping out Sonya Deville. I think it's nice to see Mandy and Sonya continue to get some focus and and an actual storyline. Mm, we'll see how they handle it. I've kind of really yet to hear Sonya talk all that much. It's mostly been Mandy kind of carrying that on the microphone. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't necessarily feel like garnering that much interest at the moment. And I also wonder how a match between the two would look. But, you know, it's an undercard feud. Uh, again, like something for, for both the women in, in, in an early stage of their career. So we'll see what they do with it. Um, do you think that... Naomi and Asuka have anything going on? Because this crowd continued to chant, we want Asuka, throughout this match. You know what? When they did the the little teaser segment backstage, and they just met up, and they hugged, and Naomi's smiling, I thought Asuka was turning on her. That was my immediate thought, Hmm. that they were going to turn Asuka. Now that the Survivor Series is over, she's taking out Naomi, and they didn't do anything. Well, they have a formula now, if they want to turn Asuka into a bigger baby face. You're right. Have her turn right. They will cheer her if she attacks Naomi. For sure. Because yeah. the, a... the fans already like her. Like, if it was Naomi beating Asuka, then they would boo. There was a replay of Ray catching Orton with a roll-up at Crown Jewel, and then the post-match attack. I had no recollection of this. And then they aired a Lars Sullivan promo, and then we had Daniel Bryan's segment. He came out, 
and they announced Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles for TLC in San Jose. Bryan says he doesn't expect these people to understand, and throughout this, he's talking in the third person. He mentions that the act of betrayal was three and a half years ago when he announced his retirement, giving up on his dreams, and the difference between me and you people is that I don't accept failure. He realized his mistake and he fought. He spent three hours a day in a hyperbaric chamber to speed up the healing process, but it did way more than that. This hyperbaric chamber, sent down from the gods, allowed Daniel Bryan the silence and isolation he needed to meditate and give in to his mantra, fight for your dreams and your dreams will fight for you. And it worked. It was a miracle. And he called it a great moment when he returned. But to these people, that's all it was. A moment. They weren't there for the struggle, the fights he had with his family, with psychiatrists telling him to move on. The only people that moved on were these people. These idiots who are now chanting AJ Styles. Fickle. He says the yes chant started to quiet down and the people stopped fighting. I guess he stopped fighting. But then Daniel Bryan's dreams took over when that referee was down last week and his body just took over with what it was programmed to do. His dreams kicked AJ Styles in the balls. One of the greatest lines of all time. And then he explained he didn't need to beat Brock Lesnar to win. He won by allowing Brock Lesnar to beat the weakness out of him. And therefore, there is a new emergence coming out of that match because his weakness has been extinguished. The old Brian is dead. The Yes Movement is dead. And as he left, he told Greg Hamilton to refer to him as the new Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Out. Wow. I thought this was something. <laughs> I thought this this was a... Uh, I'll tell I, you. I, I, thought, I thought like it was really good. <laughs> I thought it was way better logic uh, to, for this heel turn than I think I, I've, still, I've still yet to hear from Dean Ambrose. Brian really, and the writers really thought this through, why he turned heel. Uh, I thought the content of the promo, I really did enjoy. I thought it was brilliant taking his big return promo and, and you know, the fight for your dreams thing in that promo and twisting it into a villain's mantra. I really do think that's quite brilliant. It It's all pretty believable. The hyperbolic chamber, barrack chamber stuff, I think, at times like, it got a little, little kind of like, you know, comic booky. Like he went into this chamber and this radioactive gas gas turned him into this he's, evil... He's got the super soldier serum. Yeah, that's it. It kind, it kind of got into that territory a little bit, but, you know, it, that's not what it was about. He he claims he, he meditated, I suppose. I think, you know, if, if there's any criticism to be had, it's that this turn really, I think, was perhaps a little too sudden, and, and it's still, for me, very hard to buy. At times, I look at Brian cutting this heel promo, and it kind of feels like, you know, you're, you're a little cousin trying to dress up as, like, Frankenstein or like Dracula for Halloween like you're like oh he's trying to scare me isn't that cute when you know like this man like has just spent way too much time being the quintessential nice guy that we didn't really kind of get those big moments where we saw him crack like we have seen for somebody like a Johnny Gargano for instance I think if this had a bit more care attached to it with months of build I'm sure Brian would have done a great job then um but you know for like a, a month or sorry a week you know, of, of a of a sudden heel turn. I, I, I did enjoy this heel promo. I would like to see him. I think when you do a drastic change to a character that you should change a bunch of things, like whether it's, you know, something different with his hair, his music. I would like to see them kind of depart from the prior Daniel Bryan. I thought this was really well thought out. I thought that it wasn't just... Uh, you, it was, you know, you hate those turns where it's like a guy is one way one day and the next he's completely different and it's just too rapid a change. I thought he tried to explain everything fairly well. I think the only issue is going to be people are going to really get into this character and it's going to be a struggle to get audiences to boo this man. Uh, maybe he can do it. Maybe he's going to be very effective in this heel role. I think he's going to be an excellent heel 
And in this day and age, that can be tough when people acknowledge how great you are and theoretically is going to – like if he's going to be having – like his ring style uh, is I think going to have to be adjusted as well. You got to take out a lot of the babyface elements that he's introduced over the years and that's always risky uh, with doing it. But this is a guy that I think enjoys uh, taking risks with his character and not fearing uh, falling on his face doing it. So I'm very interested to see where this character goes, but I do see it being very tough to maintain this this heel uh, persona when you look at some of the opponents he's going to have. Like AJ, Ray, guys like that, those are great opponents to get booed against. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how people take to it. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested to see, you know, what, what, what creative... Um you know, what creativity Brian has in store for this run. I'm sure a lot. I'm sure he's had this in, if he's had this in mind for a while, I'm sure he's had a lot of ammunition for a heel character that, I mean, he's, if he's all in on this, I think you're going to get some great stuff out of him because I'm sure he's very motivated to get this character over. That's not going to be easy to do for someone that popular. Main event, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton. They teased the 619 early, and then Ray uh, actually got like caught up in the ropes as he was going to deliver this 619, and then hit a seated senton to the floor. Orton goes after the mask, and then tears it while they're on the turnbuckle, and Ray fights him off, hits a springboard senton, and then a springboard leg drop, getting a two count. Orton caught his legs on the second 619 attempt, and then the final try was Orton being set up on the ropes after a tilt-a-whirl, and Ray hit the 619. Orton just rolled to the floor and Ray went for the sliding splash and was caught with an RKO coming down onto the floor. This looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he never he never fails with the with those. There are just some like what a great montage you have of RKOs mm-hmm. over the years. Randy just takes Ray's body, lifts him into the ring, hits a second RKO, and he pins Ray. And Orton then takes him to the floor grabs a chair, places it around the neck of Ray, and then runs him into the post, the evil spot. And I can't believe they did this same neck injury angle twice in three nights. Mm, yeah, yeah, I know. Especially after the, in the, with the last one, the, pers- the victim the next That's day fine. was perfectly fine. Yeah. How can you do something serious with Ray here after after that? Yeah. At this point, I guess I it's just akin to just a chair shot, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. I that's don't, what it is. It's I like a chair shot to the back. You yeah. might as well just do the chair shot to the back. No. Might get a bigger pop. I don't think Ray will like come up with a neck brace or miss any action as a result of this. It's just something to end a segment with. It seems. Orton takes the mask as the medics run down. Ray's face is covered in a towel, and they're booing as Orton holds up the mask to end the show. Um. I think taking Ray's mask had way more impact than the the chair. Uh, I don't think anyone cared about that injury element to it. It was taking the mask that people have an attachment to. Uh, I think I think because because he's had the mask for so long and people know why it's so important as opposed to sunglasses that are just introduced one week and in 10 minutes they're broken. Well, he has, he's got more than one mask too, but yeah, but it's symbolic. It's, okay. it's what the mask is. Sure. Therefore. Yeah. I like the match. You know, I think these two, obviously, uh, maybe, you know, two of the, the, the longest tenured veterans in, in, in the in the roster. And uh, they had a really good match that I think, uh, again, showcase how good Rey Mysterio still is at this point in his, in his career. Um, I thought Orton's heel stuff was really tremendous. And, you know... It's it, it, to me, this seems like it's a feud that'll further Randy Orton's heel run and, you know, be a good showcase for Ray Mysterio as well. Part of me kind of wishes you're you're you were going to move Ray onto like opponents he hadn't faced before. But um, I I think both men might be quite different and advanced at this point in their careers, too. So I do look forward to a longer run with these two. So that was SmackDown. I thought the, the highlights of the show, I, I did enjoy kind of the, the closing angle, although Doing three big injury angles in three nights, mm-hmm. it was it was a lot. It yeah. was a lot to do. I would argue two was a lot. Um, but I do like where we're, they're going with that feud. I enjoyed the Brian promo. I thought that was really good. 
and the rest of the show. Um, Charlotte really didn't click with me in the way they were hoping to, and I, I was really dumbfounded by the, the lack of follow-up to what was the biggest story of the Survivor Series, which was SmackDown being blown out and just ignoring it when you had promoted it, and that was like the obvious follow-up that people were curious to see how SmackDown responds to that. So I thought they really missed the boat on that one. Yeah, we forgot uh, to put a feedback thread up. Should we do that quickly, or do you want to... You know what, we've we'll go we've got a lot tonight, so okay. we're sorry to everybody. Uh, before we end off the show, though, I knew there was another news item I wanted to get to, so I wouldn't mind if we could just end uh, talking about this incident that happened uh, down in Mexico on Monday. I know you've uh, you've seen the video, as have I. It's horrific. Uh, there was a match uh, taking place in Mexico involving uh, this wrestler named uh, Angel O Demonio and Cuervo. And Cuervo was delivering these chair shots to his head. And then as he's walking down on the floor, uh, the, the, the wrestler Angel O Demonio takes a cinder block. And without Cuervo seeing what's coming at him, he throws this cinder block from the ring down and hits him in the head. Yeah. This yeah. was like one of the most disgusting things I have ever seen. Uh, Cuervo is now going to need surgery to remove a blood clot. I mean, God knows if this man will ever wrestle again. This was not a stunt. This was not a spot. This was, this was attempted murder. And this dude should never, ever ever be allowed to wrestle again. I completely agree with you. I thought, uh, I thought it was uh, very uncomfortable to watch. Um, I, man, I debated not even clicking on the video, but I felt that we should talk about it and I should watch it, but I really did not because I had seen the story and I did not want to watch this because just reading that description, that is a visual I did not want to have in my mind. Wrestling, it, was, it was just yeah. as horrific as you would anticipate. Well, I mean, the, you always hear uh, that, you know, in wrestling, you really uh, put put the put your life in the hands of, of your partner, of your opponent. And uh, I know that there are often times where two performers might not be able to get along for whatever reason. But that was way too far. Way, way, way too far. There's no excusing it whatsoever. Yeah, he uh, because in Mexico, you are there is a commission there and the. Uh, the commission has indefinitely suspended him as well. And, uh, you know, there, there's going to be repercussions from this. Um, our friend at Rob Viper, who's actually going to be on Rewind Away this Friday, if you go to his Twitter account, at Rob Viper, there is a benefit show that is uh, being put on for Cuervo to uh, help with his uh, medical bills uh, because, obviously, he's he's going to be having to go through this surgery. And uh, God knows when he'll be able to... Uh, make a living after this whole thing. So uh, there is a benefit show that is going on uh, November the 22nd. So that is Thursday night. uh, And you can get that information on his Twitter account. And we'll, uh, we'll get that up on the site as well and uh, get that information out. But that was just, uh, just horrifying, horrible, horrible, quick update on the uh, mixed match challenge. So that's right. The regular season, the round robin is over right now, and the teams that are going on, or the teams that have been eliminated after tonight's episode are, uh, let me just see here, it is Team Paws, Bobby Roode and Natalia, uh, as well as Rusev Day. Both of those teams are eliminated, and now the whole tournament moves into a playoff bracket, basically a tournament bracket, single elimination, it looks like. So in the coming weeks, you are going to get Mahalisha versus Ember Moon, uh, oh, they also announced that Braun Strowman is out of the Mixed Match Challenge. As well, AJ Styles is also out of the Mixed Match Challenge. He's replaced now by Jeff Hardy with Charlotte. Uh, you're all, yeah, B&B versus uh, Ricky Bobby, Miz and Asuka versus Jimmy and, and Naomi. And then you have Jeff Hardy and Charlotte Flair taking on Fabulous Truth in the coming weeks. Wow. Well, there you go. So... Braun's out, AJ's out. Man, this this mix match challenge has been really affected this season. Yeah, um, and viewership was really, really low for this one. It peaked at about 14K, which is a huge drop from previous weeks that I've seen at least. So um, this new format, people, <laughs> this trip, this vacation, and the Royal Rumble number 30 spots, people don't really seem to care about, at least not right now. 
Wow. Well, there you go. The Mixed Match Challenge. Are you going to make it through over the next month? Uh, we'll see. All right. Well, uh, I'm sorry we didn't get the feedback thread up, but we will uh, we will make it up for you on the double shot because we have quite a lot to uh, discuss uh, tonight. Uh, feedback will return next week. Don't you worry. We will. Uh, I'll miss Brandon from New Jersey tonight. You know what? Um, maybe. Well, why don't I put it up and then, like, if we get any of it, we'll read it on the double shot. Sure. All right. That sounds good. Cool. All right. That's going to wrap up things. Uh, we will be back uh, this week. We have shows coming out Thursday with the Cafe Hangout coming up at 3 p.m. Eastern Time uh, live. If you are a double-double ice cap or espresso member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, uh, we also will have Up Next with Braden and Davey on Thursday. Friday is Rewind Away on the cafe where uh, Rob Viper will be joining us to chat when worlds collide, as will Robert Holzhammer, who is our espresso executive producer who chose when worlds collide the 1994 pay-per-view that was a tape traders dream if you didn't order it on pay-per-view a very interesting show uh, featuring the commentary of christopher cruz and mike tenay headlined by Perro guayo and conan plus the double mask versus double hair match have you started when worlds collide way not yet i'm going to save that for tomorrow and i look forward to it it's a show that's available on youtube and it's considered one of the best pay-per-views of the 90s and imagine this, a two-hour pay-per-view. And it's considered one of the best pay-per-views in history. Beautiful. Imagine that. Beautiful. So that is coming up on Friday. And then Saturday, we will have Eggshells, as Chris has now made his way up to 2011. He'll be chatting Wrestle Kingdom 5 with Mike Sempervivi of Wrestling Observer Live, co-host with Brian Alvarez. So Mike will be on the show. Looking forward to that. All of the shows can be found at postwrestling.com. You can subscribe to them on iTunes. And man, you can also leave us a nice five-star rating on iTunes. Tell everybody how great these shows are. Let them all know. Subscribe to Up Next. Subscribe to the British Wrestling Experience. Just subscribe to everything. And Subscribe and buy our merch. And yes. join our Patreon. And all this shit. Store.postwrestling.com. I think that there's no better way to celebrate Black Friday than by going to store.postwrestling.com. Yeah, we right. should probably put a sale up there, shouldn't we? I just, whatever you would like, Way. What do, you do, know, do you know why it's called Black Friday? I did not know about this till today. I don't know. Why? It's a, it's a real simple explanation, but uh, credit to uh, New York Rick on uh, Ariel Hawani's show, who alerted me to this fact. It's for companies towards the end of the year to get in the black. Oh, okay. Yeah. kind of... Cool. I have never heard that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what would... Maybe... What, what kind of sale would, do you think we should put on, John? Let's just ma- make it up right now. Um, uh, like a certain percentage off? Yeah. Sure. You pick a number. Well, 25% off. Done. All, All weekend. Right. 25% off of the post-wrestling store. And what should the uh, checkout password be? The checkout password... Has to be. Let, let's let's come up with with something clever here. Um, A O P P. That's really tough to spell. Oh, that's right. It? Yeah, yeah, it is. Let's not let's not let's not come up with one that's uh, that's easier to spell. Um, the the password is W A I. Okay. I All don't right. have anything clever. You can't be clever 24 hours a day, Way. Come on. I, I gave you Bobby Pood. Okay, okay. That's all I got for <laughs> that, like a month. That's it. That's it. That's the Oh, password. no. Bobby Is that it? Pood. No, that's really bad. I don't want to make people type that. Okay, how about this? The password is double shot. Okay, double shot. That's an easy one. Type in double shot, 25% off all weekend. I really like this power that we can just do that. Yeah, we can do it at any time. So all weekend, starting from uh, midnight Friday till uh, Monday. How about that? All right. Sounds good. Through Monday, store.postwrestling.com, and check them out. Some great designs up there. Yeah, we got, we're going to get some new ones up there, too, actually, courtesy of uh, Warren Isles. So, uh, so yeah, That guy is very talented. There. Yeah. So anyway. I don't know how we found all these people. Robert Pearson. We have Warren a lot of Isles. talented fans. Is Ahmad going to design us something? If Ahmad wants to. I'll Remember when it. he used to do all those photoshops for us and then he got too cool for school? Uh, it's more so I think him getting a real life and a real job. 
you know. Uh, he didn't he didn't get our approval to do such a act in his life. That's right. And I'm not saying I'm saying, you know, what okay, whatever. Yeah. We might see him odd in a few weeks. All right. Well, he's always welcome. All right, that's it, folks. We now have the double shot. That is where we are going to be hanging out to chat. Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles, being the elite, all that great stuff. Postwrestlingcafe.com. That's it. That's all. Good night.